This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is sponsored by The Forward. Stay up to date with unlimited access to news, culture, and opinion all through a Jewish lens. And for our listeners, for 2NJB listeners, get six months of The Forward for only $10. That's 67% off. An exclusive subscription offer for our listeners, forward.com slash 2NJB, and get six months for 10 bucks. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, IsraelNationalNews.com. And last but not least, in collaboration with Australian Jewish News, check them out at AJN.TimesOfIsrael.com. Communist, Arab lover, tree hugger. These are just a few of the nicknames his rivals use against him. He's one of only a select few Jewish Israelis to have served as a member of Knesset in a majority Arab party. He's a proud communist who, until recently, had pictures of Che Guevara and Vladimir Lenin hanging in his parliamentary office. He's an activist for socioeconomic equality and, an env- and environmental justice. He is Dov Hanin. All the descriptors we just mentioned probably make either make your blood boil in rage or simmer with excitement. But either way, this is bound to be an interesting conversation. And if you want to learn more, after you're done with this episode, check out the incredible documentary Comrade Dov, which was recently released, well, not so recently, last year, directed and produced by Barack Heyman, which tells the amazing story of Dov Hanin. We are thrilled to be joined by former member of Knesset Dov Hanin today to talk about his recent resignation from political life, the documentary, his beliefs, and the future of Israel. Hello. Thank you Hello. so much. I'm very glad to be with you. Before we start, so I asked the director, Barak, how if people want to see the movie, what should they do? So he asks that you email him. Yeah, so email uh, Barak Heyman at info at heymanfilms.com. That's info, I-N-F-O, at H-E-Y-M-A-N-N-F-I-L-M-S.com. We'll put also uh, in the description. Yeah. So email him and get a link to the movie. Really great movie, really. It was, we both watched it. It was really, uh, I mean, you know, whether or not you agree with the ideologies, there's, there's a lot of food for thought and there's a lot of really touching and moving stuff in there. Um, well, uh, the movie, I think, is great. And for me, what is uh, uh, especially great is the opportunity to meet with people for discussions after the screening of the film. Mm. Since uh, uh, we um, actually, Barack um, 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 uh, made the, the film public, we had more than 150 uh, meetings with public all over the country. Um, some of the meetings, big ones of hundreds of participants, some uh, little ones of tens of participants. But uh, always these meetings have um, a lot of interest for me, different questions, different issues, different people. And it was for me a thrilling uh, journey uh, to Israeli society with the film. Uh, More than a decade of a journey that film yeah. is yes the the film pictures actually four years mainly four years but um for me this last year after the film was uh, public and we had this opportunity of meeting with the people this is amazing for me before yeah. we dive into the the movie and and your story I, I'm sure, you know, we are a day before the historic peace agreement in uh, ceremony between Israel and Bahrain and the United uh, Arab Emirates. And I'm sure as as a man who's advocated for peace for so long, you'd like to congratulate uh, for, or, or do you? Well, uh, of course, I'm for peace and I'm for peace uh, between Israel and every country in the world. But uh, let us be frank with ourselves. The, the conflict Israel has is not with Bahrain or, or with the Emirates. The, we have an issue with the Palestinians. And if we want to change our situation in the Middle East, we have to solve this issue. This is, for well, me, maybe, the main maybe issue. Maybe it will help. Uh, maybe it will help, but maybe, you know, 
uh, what Netanyahu tries to say through this um, deal is to try to persuade Israelis that we can, you know, just ignore the Palestinians and continue without them. And that is, I think, a very, very uh, dangerous uh, way. But you, are you happy with the agreements? Like, they're not bad, I guess. So. Well, you know, these are agreements with uh, corrupt uh, Arab uh, regimes. Uh, like again, all Arab regimes? Most of them, like most of Arab regimes. But the, the issue of peace is more than a deal with uh, this prince or that dictator. The, 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 the challenge of peace is to create real change in the relationship between people. And if we ignore the Palestinians, if we ignore the Palestinian issue, then uh, we do not really um, move forwards towards peace, but we continue to quarrel with our neighbors, and quarreling with our neighbors means actually wars. More wars, more wars. Uh, they they can be small war in, in Gaza or medium medium war in Lebanon or a big war with Syria, but uh, these are uh, real dangers for Israeli society and Israeli future. Isn't it trying to put the uh, carriage before the horse to get to change the relationship between people? Because I mean, don't you first want to have some kind of just agreement to live side by side and then the relationships can well, start building. Yes, yes. I, I go along with you. I think that in order to change the relations w- between people, you have to have a deal between leaders. That is, of course, a first step. But the deal we need is an Israeli-Palestinian deal and mm-hmm. not a deal that ignores the Palestinians and just, you know... But we've been trying for so long. Did we? This is a big question, you know, and it's a, a real debate. Uh, well, you know, many people in Israel still believe that uh, back in 2000, Barak really offered the Palestinians everything and they w- were not willing to accept. But the facts being refilled, revealed since then actually shows us that uh, Barak offered the Palestinians uh, something they could not really accept. The deal he offered them was not acceptable for them. You know, in order for a deal to be viable, you, it, it has to be, you know, just for the two sides. It has to be, uh, well, it have some, so both sides have to win something mm-hmm. in this deal. But ha- so, you know, since it's already on the table, and we'll, we'll move on to the, to the film and to other topics in a, in a second, but what would you see as a viable deal? Like, what would we have to offer them in order for them well, to... Well, the basis for a real deal between Israelis and Palestinians is uh, two states, uh, two states for the two nations. Now, the Palestinian state should be in the territories occupied by Israel in 1967, including the eastern part of Jerusalem, uh, the eastern part of Jerusalem should be the capital of Palestine. And there is a room for um, an agreement on exchange of territory. You know, uh, there can be some kind of swap that uh, Israel can gain some territory and give up uh, another territory to the Palestinians. But the basis should be the 67 Green Line. But you say two states for two people. Mm-hmm. But then the people you ran with to the Knesset, many of them would say, and that's the main issue I think Israeli have, Israelis have with the two-state solution, many Arab uh, Knesset members say two states, one for the Palestinians, and the second is for everybody, not, uh, not for two nations. Well... Let, let us understand what is the, the meaning of this idea of two states for the two people. Um, the State of Israel was established in 1948 as um, a fulfillment of the UN resolution back in 1947 that decided that should that on the end of the British mandate on Palestine and the creation of two um, states, independent states, one a Jewish one 
and second a Palestinian sta uh, state. The Palestinian state was not established and this is the main issue of the conflict between Israelis and Palestinians still now. Now I uh, support this principle. I support the principle of the right of every nation, every people to have self-determination and to create a state that will be a fulfillment of this right of self-determination. In this sense, I still agree to the idea of a Jewish state and an Arabic state in this land. However, in Israel, what is meant by this expression, Jewish state, is something very, very different. There is a tendency in Israeli polity to translate this very justified idea of self-determination of nation into a very horrible thing of a state whereby the Palestinians, the P Palestinian national minority inside Israel, is regarded as second-class citizens. That is something I totally oppose. Therefore, I, I agree with the idea of self-determination of nations, but I totally uh, dislike and oppose and fight against uh, any kind of national discrimination of the Arab-Palestinian minority inside Israel. Israel was created as an expression of the right of Israeli Jews for self-determination. But in Israel, there is a national minority of Arab-Palestinians. And as exactly as the right of self-determination is recognized by international law, and I totally support it. Also, the rights of national minority are also recognized by international law, and I totally support but them. But the people you ran with, they don't want the second state, the non-Palestinian state, to be a Jewish state. They want it in, to in be... What stands? It won't, in what sense? Actually, I ran, you know, the, the party I joined called Hadash, and the Communist Party, uh, was the only party in this country that both is Jewish members and its Arab Palestinians members supported the UN resolution of 1947. They supported and still support the idea of two states for the two nations. Actually, 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 the slogan Israel-Palestine, two states for the two nations was in initiated in Israel as a slogan uh, for the elections by Hadash back in 1981. Back in 1981. So Hadash supports the idea of Israel as an expression of the self-determination, right of self-determination of Israeli Jews. Hadash supported, Ayman Odeh supported, and that is the position of Hadash. Is there a quote of Ayman Odeh saying that he supports a Jewish state no, as part there of the two-stage solution. There is a quote of uh, Ayman Odes uh, uh, saying that he supports the rights of Israeli Jews to self-determination and the effect that Israel is and should continue to be the expression of this right of Israeli Jews for self-determination. Okay. Okay. But <laughs> facts, you know, very, very difficult, but facts are very important. <laughs> one of the even in this strange world we live in. Yeah. One. One of the. Uh, uh, I mean, so first of all, one of the two of the uh, conditions you mentioned is the kind of division of of Jerusalem. Half of it would be a capital of Palestine. Half of it would be a capital of Israel. And the other one is the the uh, withdrawal from uh, from the West Bank to the line of 1947, uh, 48, um, and so those already would probably are, are very controversial. But there's also, if I'm not correct me if I'm wrong, but there's also the condition of the uh, return of refugees, right? The right of return. Well, actually, it's more complicated than just right of return. Uh, we have to solve the issue of the Palestinian refugees. You know, people ran or were expelled in the war that happened here in uh, 1947, 19, uh, in 1947 or in 1948. Uh, but the fact that they ran or were expelled 
did not do not really uh, erase all the rights. You have to recognize this fact. This is very very important. On the other hand, you should also recognize the fact that you cannot, you know, just ruin history. Um, there are people that are living in many many places from which the Palestinians ran away or were expelled. So um, you cannot really um, solve one injustice uh, with the creation of uh, uh, another injustice. Therefore, you have to find um, you know, wise and flexible solution to this very, very sharp and deep problem, to this very, I would say, deep wound of uh, Palestinian refugees. Uh, in principle, Israel should recognize the rights of the Palestinian refugees. How the implementation of these rights should really be um, created in reality, that is something quite complicated, but again, it is possible. And I would give you one example to convince you that the Palestinians or the Palestinian leadership were willing to accept flex flexible mechanism on the ways of implementation of the rights of the refugees with the uh, Geneva Accord, you know. Geneva Accord, as you know, uh, found a very, very practical and flexible mechanism, including numbers, how many uh, Palestinians will be allowed inside Israel, of course, with the agreement of Israel. And the Geneva Accord was accepted by the Palestinian uh, leadership, by Yasser Arafat. Uh, it was rejected by Israeli government. Okay, so uh, when you say Palestinian refugees, I mean, one of the things that comes to mind is the fact that there is, according to the UN, a difference between Palestinian refugees and all other refugees, right? I mean, the Palest when you refer to Palestinian refugees, do you refer to the how they are defined by the UN or do you refer to people currently uh, living who were th the actual people who were expelled? Well, that is very, very interesting and important uh, legal issue but I think you're a lawyer after all yes and I can speak about it for hours but that is not the most important issue the most important it, it, issue the most important issue is yeah. to solve the conflict and to solve the conflict all of us Israelis and Palestinians should understand that there is an issue of Palestinian refugees if you ask me what is the most important factor in dealing with the Palestinian refugees, the most important factor is not the legal one, but the practical one. The fact that there are uh, many, uh, not so many, but hundred, hundreds of thousands of Palestinians still living in refugee camps. That is, in practice, that is the most pressing and important issue. In Lebanon, in Jordan. In Lebanon, in Jordan, in West Bank, in Gaza Strip. People are still living in refugee camps. Now, this is the pressing issue we should deal with. Uh, and I think that both sides have to come to this issue with, you know, not with the idea of uh, red lines and saying this or that I will not accept forever, but with practical willingness to solve the issue. But why should Israel solve this problem? I mean... You know, oh, the, the, in, the West, why, in the why, West, why 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 should Israel solve the issue? That is the most important question, I think. Okay, and for me, solving this issue is not only a moral question. It is a moral question, but it's not only a moral question. It is practically a matter of self-interest of Israel and Israelis. Let let's speak honestly about the situation of Israel. Is Israel is a small state, small country. Mm -hmm. uh, we live in a, in an area with huge hundreds of millions of Arabs and Muslims around us. And the, the choice we have is either to get along, to find a way to get along in this neighborhood where we live in, or to continue fighting. 
Now, getting along is to find a practical, um, you know, arrangement that both sides can live with based on the basic interests of the two nations. And that is that all, both nations should have independence and m m both nations should have justice. Now, uh, and that is getting along in, in this neighborhood. Without getting along in this neighborhood, we will continue to fight. Now, Israel is a very strong state. It is small, but strong. Uh, to continue to fight, it means uh, another war. War is, of course, something horrible. People get killed. There is a lot of suffering, a social and economic and moral uh, damage. But Israel, as a strong state, will win in the war that will happen. But after this war, we will still have the basic dilemma. Can we get along in this neighborhood or not? If we do not find a way to get along in this neighborhood, we will continue to fight and there will be another war. And again, Israel will win. And after that, there will be another war and Israel will win a force. And another war, Israel will win until a war will come where Israel lose. And then we will not be here. Now, for me, for me, mm -hmm. this is my country. This is the place I love. This is the place I want to continue to live. This is the place I would like my children and my grandchildren to continue to live in peace. Therefore, the only option, the only option in historical dimension is to achieve peace. This is a big challenge for Israeli society. <laughs> it's not a simple issue. Yeah. And you will be very, very correct to say that there are many obstacles, many problems, many issues that should be, should be solved if mm -hmm. we want to, to uh, go along the road of peace. But again, this is the only road that will enable us, Israelis, to live here in peace. So, but I asked why we should solve the refugee problem. And I, I feel like we went quite a, quite far from that. I mean, should we obviously? I don't think you think we should try and solve the Yazidi refugee problem ah, or well, or the but, problem of refugees in other places. Israel, so, Israel so is part should, of the part no, of creating this problem. Yeah, but I mean, these refu Palestinian refugees live in Lebanon, in Jordan, in Gaza. But how 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 did they arrive there? They arrived there because some of them were expelled. Yeah, from this country by Israel. Some of them, but Some most of them. of them are are children or the children of children of the and, and their grandparents were or parents were expelled. Now, you but know, if, in they, Israel, if they exist there for another two hundred years, should we yes, still solve it in two hundred yes, years? Yes, in two thousand years. You know, uh, Jews came here to this country uh, after I think some of them believe that they come back here after two thousand years mm -hmm. that they weren't here. And they uh, feel but, very, but, very much connected with this uh, country, you know. But no also. one brought us back here because we were refugees of Israel. We came back, bought land, built yes, a country. Of course, you know, we, we came back because many of them, us, were refugees. We were running from Europe in, in the 20th century. It was a horrible place but for But what Jews. I'm saying is we made our way back. Yes, no and one of course, drafted a yes, solution yes. to bring us back. Yes, of course. And they drafted there are other many, many, many Palestinians who will say, exactly like you, that the Palestinians should fight, that no one is, is willing to give them and no one will give them the right uh, for uh, their homeland. And they, the only way is to just copy the model of Zionist movement and fight for their country and for their return till they win. There are many Palestinians who will agree with you. But to me, the, the, the challenge is to find an, a different way, not a, a way of the Palestinians fighting for their own interest against Israel and Israel fighting against the Palestinians. That is the, the most simple thing to continue to do by to find a different ways that will bring better future for both Palestinians and Israelis. Let's talk about the movie a little bit. So there were a few interesting moments in the movie and some contradictions that bothered me. Contradictions are reality, you know. Uh, yeah, I According guess. According to Marxist tradition. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that popped is that 
basically you say in the movie that communism so a variation of what you say is that communism is a good idea that failed uh, because of uh, bad people or because of failures of people not really well you say the model failed and we, it's on on us to make it work okay yes so but people problem, are responsible the, the, for the prob- the problem was with the model so it's not just practical mistakes but Of people bad people you know who happened to be there like Stalin you know he was a horrible person I agree with that but the the, the failure of communism is not just related to the fact that uh, uh, Stalin was horrible and uh, paranoid that is that is an issue but that is not the whole issue that is not the pro the whole problem for me the 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 crisis and the failure of communism lies with a very major, deep, theoretical mistake that uh, communists and socialists in the 20th century made, actually. And that is that they did not understand that uh, socialism and communism should be an expansion of democracy, and they cannot exist. without democracy you know actually I understand socialism as the expansion of democracy beyond politics and a, a creating economy and societies that are really democratic but people okay but people made this failure they fail to understand that and because of their failure, People suffered and, and hundred and tens of millions of people also died and not only by Stalin so the, my question was how can you explain putting pictures in the movie it shows pictures of Che Guevara and of Lenin uh, in your office and these people are responsible of so many deaths deaths no, and suffering I, I, I do not agree with you Che Guevara I, is not responsible for no death, so uh, well Che Guevara is a revolutionary he fought. And people were killed in these uh, struggles, of course. But uh, I think that uh, Che, Guevara, uh, che Guevara is a fighter for uh, justice. But there's uh, evidence that he himself executed people, prisoners. There are many, many debates on that. I uh, refer you to the biography uh, of uh, Che Guevara that was published in Hebrew. Many, many debates. What happened really happened and didn't happen. I, I do not think that Che Guevara was a saint. It, that is not the issue. I think it, it is a manifestation or a, an example of a person who really fought in very, very difficult conditions for social cha- uh, justice and social change. Lenin, for me, is an example of the most um, successful revolutionary of the 20th century. Uh, Lenin was very, very far away from Stalin and Stalinism. You can refer to the Testament. that uh, Lenin uh, wrote before he died and was actually um, um, hidden by Stalin and his associates, whereby he actually warned uh, his fr- comrades uh, from Stalin and from his wen- methods. But he's still responsible for so many innocent deaths. Well, every leader in the history of the world is responsible for deaths of people. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is responsible for deaths of people. Uh, Levi Eshkol is responsible not, not, for... Th- not, I mean, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions no, of people. No, I don't, I don't yeah. agree with you that Lenin is responsible for tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of uh, innocent people. That is not correct. Uh, you can read the biographies not only biographies of the <laughs> beginning of the 20th century you can read the recent biographies uh, for example let me recommend a biography of Lenin by Tariq Ali published last year or uh, the very very interesting book uh, published also last year uh, October by uh, China Melville on the history of the Russian Revolution read this book or the the history the the You know the powerful uh, history of the Russian Revolution um, in many many volumes that is something to, you have a lot of time to 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 have yeah. to, to read this but yeah. uh, it didn't uh, murder of, of, uh, professor professor Kerr who was uh, a brilliant historian a British brilliant historian you can read you know all these things he didn't Le- murder Lenin didn't murder political rivals no he didn't okay 
So he was a saint, basically. No, no. He's not Again, responsible for no, innocent death. No, no, no. Again, you, I, I, I do not believe in saints. I do not believe in saints. I'm totally secular. Lenin did mistakes. He did mistakes. Uh, he, Stalin he, did mistakes too. No, St Stalin was a criminal. He was a paranoidic. He was uh, he was really responsible for the deaths of millions of innocent people, and that is that is fact. That is a fact, and I totally oppose not only Stalin but Stalinism as a system, as a way of thinking. But again, you know, it's very very easy to post all revolutionaries in one basket and to say, well, all of them wanted social justice. I am a capitalist, so I put all of them in the same basket of horrible people who were just crazy and wanted to tear a lot of blood. Historically, that is not correct. There were revolutionaries who were criminals, like Stalin. There were uh, people who, you know, uh, uh, whose theory and practical uh, methods are uh, so far away from my principles, from my values, that I do not uh, think that I belong to the same family, to the same system. But there are revolutionaries who uh, gave uh, history a lot you know you can say that the french revolution created a lot of suffering and that is correct also the russian revolution created a lot of suffering that is the every revolution creates suffering and who's responsible for that L lenin no the, no revolution is something is not a is not a play you know revolution is something very very complicated and it, it, it involves suffering of people you know but again we i think i I hope that you will agree with me that the uh, French Revolution was something good. Although uh, the French Revolution, ah, okay, okay, Not sure, okay, there Not are sure. new conservatives also here I mean, in Israel. Is okay, 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 I, 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 I go along with you. There are new conservatives even here in Israel. Not like no, not only in uh, U.S. Uh, Trump uh, America that oppose the French Revolution, that oppose the American Revolution, that oppose the uh, War of Independence of the United States, whereby many, many innocent people were killed because sure. it was a revolution. So, that, oppose, yeah. that oppose the struggle of the slaves to liberate themselves. This is conservatism. I am not a conservative. What, what you put together... No, at some point you have to draw a line. And I agree, you're, you're right. Revolution, revolution is a basic human right. And the rise, the right to rise up against the powers that be, and to uh, yeah. to take them down, is 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 a right, is a basic human liberty. Uh, you know, it's all up to whether or not you'll be able to. If you leave your house with a gun and you're the only one, then you're probably not going to get I, very I far. Totally, I totally agree but, with you. But, I totally uh, agree with you. But the question is also at the core of the ideology. So let's talk about uh, okay, let's talk okay. about the democratization of the economy. Yes, as Le you put it. Yes, just before uh, coming to democratization of uh, the economy, let me stress that I totally agree with you. I think that revolution is right. I think that as in every other right, uh, even this right, which is very very important, can be manipulated and can be transferred into something very very negative. And there is a line that should be drawn. I, I, I support a revolution, but do I support doing everything for the revolution? Or no. all revolutions. Not all, all revolutions Not justified. all revolutions. Not all revolutions. That is, again, yeah. that is correct. But even a revolution that is meant for bringing more social justice. Do I support every mean to achieve this revolution? No, I do not support. That's a very slippery slope because no, you know, I do not, Mussolini I do not, brought his revolution brought a lot of good things to no, Italy. Uh, no, that is People, a, that is a right wing position. You are totally uh, you to, you totally have the right to to engage with your right wing uh, ideas <laughs> of opposing revolution, except of Mussolini's revolution, which is no. Something I oppose. That, I don't. I wouldn't. I would never want to live in fascist Italy. But I state the fact that many Italian, many Italians feel, and also many Jews in Italy lived very well under no, under that Mussolini. Is, that is a, a, a total revisionist. That is a total revisionist vision of history. Uh, fascist Italy, from beginning, from day one, was a totalitarian, repressive regime. True, um, but it but people still lived well under it. 
no, in the beginning? No, no. People lived very, very difficult in, in, in fascist Italy. The struggles of walking people, you know, and for me, walking people are very, very important. The walkers, the peasants, uh, they were uh, harshly, um, uh, they had deep depression and oppression by the fascist regime in Italy from day one, from day one. And the idea of fascism uh, is not an idea of liberating the working class. It's not the idea of bringing more equality to the society. On the opposite, it is the idea of the um, stronger or the strongest uh, should have everything and the weak should actually perish. And Lenin liberated the working class? Uh, that was his intention, and I think that... You can't uh, so go to the grocery sto- uh, shop no, with intentions, as they say in no, Hebrew. Uh, that, that is, <laughs> and, that, and, and, and here you're right. I think that the intention was uh, good. I think that the revolution in the first phase was really liberating in Soviet Russia in the beginning. Uh, it brought some achievements to the working class, uh, to the workers, to the... You know, uh, the Soviet uh, Russia did have achievements, a health system, education system, science. cultural, science, uh, all, I think. And, and many, many issues. But the whole system really very fast deteriorated uh, to very, very horrible place, very, very terrible place uh, with this idea that Socialism can be achieved without democracy. I think that was a major theoretical uh, mistake that actually uh, drove the whole system to the abyss. So how do you, because, you know, I've always seen it quite, quite the opposite, that capitalism is able to contain within it socialist, uh, uh, socialism, um, but not the other way around, and that democracy can contain within it, uh, uh, you know, units of communism or socialism, but not the other way around. So how do you see it that, you know, a, a communist re- regime contains within it democracy? Well, let me let me try to explain to you what I mean with this idea of socialism. We learned okay. a lot in the 20th century. I do not want to copy, you know, the ideas of the beginning of the 20th century in the, tw- in the 21st century. Therefore, I, you know, actually, when you ask me how I will define myself in the 21st century, my, the, the, the most... Uh, accurate definition for myself is eco-socialist. But let me take aside for a minute this side of eco and spend more on socialism and what what I mean with this word socialism. Well, socialism in practice means the opposite of capitalism. What is capitalism? Capitalism is a system that uh, were developed in, you know, the world approximately 200 or 300 years ago, whereby the economic system is based around the idea of profit. Now, this is a very, very powerful system. Very powerful system. It has many, many achievements. It has two major problems. First, it creates inequality. And secondly, with this mechanism of um, unlimited growth, it creates a horrible ecological uh, crisis. These are the two problems of capitalism, inequality and ecological crisis. Now, socialism is the opposite. While capitalism tries to bring every sphere of life into this system of profits. Uh, Socialism is the trend that tries to liberate spheres of life from this uh, domination of the profit motive. Therefore, when I strive to have a public health system or or public uh, education system, I strive for a socialist direction. Because that is opposite to the capitalist direction of making everything work for profit. But 
you say that the two biggest problems with uh, capitalism is uh, ecological damage and uh, inequality. Or, 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 or ecological crisis. Crisis. Not, not only a dr- But I would say that, I mean, it seems to me that the problem the biggest problem with socialism is human suffering i mean that's that's worse than inequality i mean i would take inequality any day if if i could uh, absolve if i could you know get rid of human suffering and i think that there's the, therein lies the problem that i mean what do i care about how much richer my neighbor is than i am if i am if i have the means to live a healthy uh you know happy life and and provide for my family what do i care if he's a billion times richer than me Well, I can buy food. You, you, you put two issues in this question. Let me stress the first half and le- later come to the second one. Uh, if you speak about the uh, regimes of the 20th century, for me, they were not really socialists. They were not socialists in the deep sense that they were not democratic. If they were not democratic, they were not socialists. So that is the beginning. So for me... And they had many, many other problems. You can speak, uh, ju- and la- justly so. You can tell me, uh, justly, that in the Soviet Union, for example, ecological colo- uh, damage was uh, horrible. You're right. You're right. Chernobyl But, uh, was no natural uh, park. Cherno- yeah, Chernobyl, <laughs> the biggest Chernobyl. disaster in history. Of, It's yeah. not the biggest, but it is horrible enough. It is horrible enough. Yeah. And that is an example of uh, something that I reject. You know, the, the regimes of the 20th century are not an example, are not a good, good example for me. Uh, I try to explain what, what should be done differently uh, if we... want to achieve a socialism of the 21st century, it should be very, very different from the uh, ways... So how so? ...from the ways of the 20th, uh, 20th century. Now, um, speaking about the human suffering, I, <laughs> there is a lot of human suffering in capitalism. You can see the sweat, sweatshops in Indonesia or in India and to see how people live. You know, in the capitalist system of the present day, Of, of the situation we live in the world, there are, you know, um, um, several tens of billionaires that have um, more money, more um, a fortune than half of the humanity. This is the numbers of Oxfam ne- uh, last year. But if you look about upon the poorer half of, the, of humanity, you will see more than one billion people living with no proper food, with no uh, clear water, you know, that is but horrible. If, I don't you, know about that Indonesia. Is, that, is, that is human suffering. But if you take India, for example, you see in the past, like it was always a problematic country, right, with, with huge problems. Uh, but if you look at it in the, in the last decades, democracy and capitalism helped... I don't know, hundreds of millions to rise from poverty to actually being able to provide for their, for their families and, and from the slums. So many people in India, because of that, and the situation there is, is so significantly, significantly better throughout recent decades because of that system. I, I'm, I'm not sure that I agree with you that the situation in India is significantly better than before, but I do agree with you that the power of capitalism, and that is something all of us have to acknowledge, is the fact that this uh, system based on profits is something very, very strong. And it does create growth for, for the products all over the world. And although there is a, a deepening inequality all around the world, and there are people who are in devastating situation, And, you know, when I speak about society like India or other places, you know, um, it is true that I, I, I think that more people in India will be able to buy uh, mobile phones, for example. But the other side of the issue is that traditional structures that existed in, in, in such a society that were able to support people in stress or in difficult situation, they, they were all crushed. 
by this Take the microphone system, a bit to you, please. Uh, by this uh, system of uh, capitalist uh, production. And, uh, and the, the, the result is that while people have more, um, they have more, they are more able to gain some products, the overall system they live in is much less supportive than it used to be. Now, I'm not, uh, you know, someone who really um, longs for the happy past in India. But you have to understand both sides of this uh, development, of this capitalist development. So back to your... I'm, I'm no... Uh, not sure. I'm no, I'm no expert in, again, in the, the Indian economy, but I'm no expert in the American economy either. But I know that in the, in the American economy, the inequality hasn't been on the rise. I mean, I know that the poorest... Uh, I think these statistics are from the Congressional Budget Office, that the poorest fifth quintile in America has been getting first of all everybody's been getting richer but the but the poor have been getting richer faster than the rich meaning the poor the poorest fifth have gotten like 30 to 35% richer uh since the 1980s while the the richest quintile has only risen like 17 or 18% i mean no, the no no let, so let us make a, an agreement because yeah. we are in a podcast um i do not agree with the numbers you have given but in in instead of fighting i'll give you my numbers and you will give me yours i'll send you after we finish i'll send you um, a file of graphs on inequality and um, you can add them to the to the podcast and uh, let's engage our listeners okay. perhaps some some of them will have another graph and let's compare the, the numbers sure there's there's also the genie coefficient of inequality but i think there's also issues with there about how you define a level of poverty but regard what i'm my point was that regardless of of the inequality my question is why it matters again and and i wasn't even referring to examples in, within reality of you know the failures of socialism or the successes of capitalism i'm not i'm not even referring i'm talking on a philosophical basis why does inequality matter more than simply uh and you put it as profits but i see it as merits as the no i see it as the the productivity of human society well, no well Uh, first of all, wealth in Western society is not really connected with merits and is not really connected with productivity. Uh, most rich people in the United States are rich because their father was rich or their mother was rich. But in Israel? That's not true. Um, you can, again, you can, you can read the, the, the book of uh, Piketty. I mean, the, but the richest, yeah. Warren Buffett wasn't rich. The Koch brothers weren't rich. Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg. Most Jeff people, Bezos. Most people. You can find examples of different, uh, different, uh, of course, but most people, if you look at the uh, highest uh, uh, strata in the United States and you would like to find what is the explanation why they are in the highest strata, m the, the most important uh, uh, issue is the, their origin where they were born and who were their uh, parents. Uh, you can read the Thomas Piketty uh, book or on, on, uh, on uh, capital in the 21st century. It's but I'm amazing. Looking, but I look at the examples that I, I mean, the, the, the top 10 richest you know, people I you can know, think the, of are not is, rich because is, their there, parents there were rich. There is a very, very interesting about um, John Rockefeller, I think, yeah. David Rockefeller. You know the, the story that Rockefeller... Um, well, he started his career as someone who polished uh, shoes mm -hmm. in New York. He was very, very successful and he uh, hired few people to work with him and then hired more people to work with him in uh, shining shoes of people. And then his uncle died and left him $10 billion. dollars. And that is, of course, a joke, but I think that this joke has uh, some... grain of truth in it but but the thing that bothers me about in your your conversation about inequality is i think it's a perfect example now in israel with the corona okay so uh you want equality so equality means that everybody gets the same access let's say for health care okay so but here in israel so this this might work in sweden 
okay? But here in Israel, I work my ass off, right? And I pay taxes. Whereas my ultra-Orthodox brother doesn't work. He makes ton of ch- tons of children, which he can't even provide for. And he gets the same uh, healthcare system that I get. But I pay for his healthcare system. So to me, I don't want that. I, d- I do not care about his healthcare if he is not participating in the game. And that's the whole essence, the whole problem with communism. That some people are reluctant to play the game. So if, uh, and, and in most societies, unfortunately, some people don't play the game. So as long as not everybody play the game, it's, it's, I, to me, it feels like I'm being a friar, as they say in, in Israel. Well, the, you, you put a very, very important question. Uh, first of all, let me stress that I'm for everyone to play the game. You know, my idea of socialism is, is that everyone contributes to society in whatever way he can and gets from society according to his contribution. To, according to its contribution, uh, and I think this it's is... Marx's fun. idea. This is Marx's yeah. idea, that <laughs> is Marx's idea, and that is my idea on socialism. And, and uh, if you are, uh, you know, uh, worried about people not participating in the game, I'm, I'm also worried. I, I, I would like everyone to participate, but I would like uh, everyone to participate in an honest game that uh, me and uh, John Rockefeller will have the ch- same chance, you know, and, okay. and you assuming and... assuming... Uh, now, now, but, 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 let me come to your very, very important qu- example of the corona crisis. Your cousin, your ultra-Orthodox cousin, let's take your way of thinking for a minute mm-hmm. and say, well, we will not deal with him, you know, because he doesn't comp- contribute according to you, your example. What will be the result? The result will be that there will be many, many people in, in the ultra-Orthodox community, or including uh, your neighbors here in this neighborhood, this very neighborhood, who will be ill. Now, the, the fact that they will be ill will be also your problem because you cannot be really encapsulated in, in human society. It's not really, the corona is just an example, but rich people can be, cannot really be encapsulated from the rest of society. Therefore, if, if society is not, not really, you know, um, um, basically just for everyone, mm-hmm. then of course, poor, poor people will suffer a lot, but the problems will reach the, the, the rich also. So continue with this example. I strongly disagree what I think will happen because I think the Orthodox are very rational people and they want to live, first of all, and they want the children to live. So I, I think what would happen in such a world uh, that I depict is that they will realize they have to work and participate in the game, otherwise they'll die. And their children will no, die. I, and I then they'll be incentivized to work. Well, I think And that now, sorry, just the last point. And now with this, what you said about their turning in ill and, and then I get ill, that's the present situation with no. the social health. Now they're getting ill because they know it's free and they have nothing to lose. And I get sick and I pay for them and everybody loses. <laughs> well... Uh, I think that your me- um, model of ho- how society works is, to my mind, a, a bit um, naive. You, you, you believe that people will behave rationally. And I think, in a way, the situation in the world was much better. Uh, although we have differences of, of opinion, but I think both of us agree that if everyone in the world will... Uh, we, we could assume that you will behave rationally, things will be well, a lot simpler for all of us. I think that the way people behave is some, sometimes it's connected with rationality or, or rational, uh, you know, calculation. Some say, sometimes it uh, is very much connected with emotions. Sometimes it's very, very much connected with beliefs. L- let, me, let me give you one example. Uh, I, I'm very worried. I, I'm not against uh, ultra-Orthodox in, in Israel. I think they are a very, very important part of our society. My grandfather was. So uh, my grand, both, both of yeah. them were. 
But when I hear a very, very important leader of the ultra-Orthodox community tells them that there is no, not real problem of Corona and that everyone should, you know, just continue to learn Torah and everything will be okay, I think for me it's very, very worrying. But I do understand that there are people who are taking that as a fact. Only because they can. Because they can, but people, you know, people can... When there is uh, a sword on their neck, maybe they'll think twice. Maybe, yes. And they'll and find no. a, and they'll maybe find no. a yes, maybe yes. solution maybe no. that maybe, involves working maybe, and praying may, in their free time. Maybe yes, and may, maybe no. We are speaking to um, an American audience. Yeah. In, the, in the United States of America, there, there is a president who actually um, made many, many Americans suffer a lot because of the corona, because of his uh, irresponsibility. Uh, and even that, uh, he was really responsible for a major blender of the most, uh, the richest country in the world and the most capable country in the world vis-a-vis uh, -vis the corona crisis. There is still a chance that he will be elected to be a president of the United States in future. Because time. I, I think that the, through the American lens, he didn't make much of a mistake because it's not on him to, uh, you know, it, it's very un-American what we did here where we, uh, where we, uh, we appointed a Corona, a Corona guy. We made, we, Corona we said, czar. Yeah, this guy, he's the Corona guy. Get the Corona guy. That's not, that's not very American. I mean, in America, it's not the job of Trump to solve Corona. Corona is a pandemic. It's Trump's problem if uh, I don't know uh, if law and order Mexicans uh, are trying to cross the border or if uh, yeah, and you that, know. that is a that is again a debate you know because what you you say it's not an American it's not responsible when you have a leader and there is a problem there is a problem of society I think that the part of leadership being a leader is to try to help society organize. To deal with this problem now I, I do not say that uh, Trump was able to overcome corona that was that that of course is something not re really realistic but the position of the administration and the decision of the the, the decisions of the administration were extremely important in dealing with this crisis and they were horrible but speaking about responsibilities for corona I mean you can't we can't ignore the that it's the product of a communist regime. Again, what you say is a communist regime, you refer to one of the most ultra-capitalist countries in the world, which is China. A, country, a, country, a country whereby workers do not have rights, in, in, in including rights of having independent trade unions. And if you just uh, ignore the, you know, the... the, 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 the The, the slogans and uh, focus on reality and focus on what I uh, just uh, said is, it is my determination of what is uh, socialism, then China is not socialist at all. So, so, so if are, we though. agree, no, but if we agree that China is capitalist and the United States is a communist socialist regime, I'm with you. No, Let's go no, both of them. No, 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 both of them. No, 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 both of them are capitalists ah, in different okay. ways. No, but okay. but China. But look, it's 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 hard Prices to hear. Prices are fixed. That everything is controlled by the government. I mean, they allow a certain level of capitalism, but, but they but, could disallow it anytime. No, and, and, and look, the, but look at the, the, the again, again, all again, the regimes. That is that is everybody's that doing is, it that, wrong. That is that is that is a, qu a question of definition. Capitalism is a system based on profit, and in China. And in the United States, it is the same system based on profit. Now, the people who gain in China are different people from the people who gain in the United States. Of course, there are billionaires and multi-billionaires in China. Many, many of them, actually, not one or two, many of them. Uh, but you will, you will be very, very correct to say that the state, as a state, is very much engaged in the system of profit in China and also in the United States. Also in the United States, with all the difference, the state is a very, very important actor 
in this uh, field of capitalism. You cannot understand capitalism without the state. The idea of having a free market that is, you know, something so far from reality that is, you know, far-fetched idea of people who are very, very, I would say, not aware of the practicalities naive of the... Naive, maybe, is the word. Naive, yes. Everybody is naive except for you. No, you are I, the only. No, no, no. I think I <laughs> think that people. Maybe you're the naive one. No, I think that people who believe in free market are really naive. They, they might they might be very good people, but they are totally naive because there is no free market all over the world, not only in China and the United States. Um, and I think that you and you you are very right in what you just started to to pose as a challenge to me that um, uh, after the 20th century, we people who believe in real social change, we have problem. We have a problem because if you will ask me, well, give me one country in the world whereby, you know, this is the, the paradise you would like to achieve. I do not have such an example. I can give you, a, you know, examples of things that I would like, like to have in here in Israel. I would love to have in Israel the socialist um, 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 public education system of Finland. I would love to have in Israel the uh, socialist um, power of trade unions like in Sweden. I would like to have in Israel a, a public transportation strong socialist. I would call it socialist because in my definition this is socialist strong socialist public transportation like in Switzerland. But people don't participate. I get it what you say and I, I can see why these things work in Finland and in Switzerland. But in Israel and many other countries, but let's stick with Israel, because so many people do not... And to me, to me by, the, by the way, the definition of participating in the game is an, an, an household where two members of the household work. To me, that's my definition. Also, we know that in Israel, uh, uh, like uh, only 3% of, uh, of families where two uh, members work are below poverty line. So if the, both parents work, that's a safe uh, bet that the family will not be poor, according to the state definition. So that's my definition. But since so many people here do not participate in the game, and that is not going to change very soon. Why? That is, a, that is an issue. Because why should they? Why should well, they? They give many, them many everything issues, for you know, free. No. You gave them for free. What's their incentive to change their ways of life? No, I think that you know there are many, many mechanisms you should understand if you want to deal with this uh, problem you raised of uh, having two um, members of the household work. For example, let, let me give you an example of things that I was very much involved in, and that is the issue of um, Arab women walking. Now, that is a challenge. It is very, very important for a challenge for the Arab uh, community in Israel to, because it is a poor community. And if w woman, women were uh, walking... In, they won't be poor. They, they will remain poor, of course. Uh, but how can you deal with this issue? Dealing with this issue, for example, involves uh, creating public transportation systems. Because if a woman in Um al-Fakhem Uh, is not really uh, able to come to a place where she can walk, and uh, she will not go there. And creating public transportation system is the most important uh, factor to involve more Arabic women in the I don't workforce. believe it, by the way. I, I think that uh, someone who wants to work We'll find a way. Like, that's no, what, how I no, was brought no, up. No, uh, no, no. And, uh, but, unfortunately. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, maybe we no. can agree on that, that assuming we will be unsuccessful in changing the ways of lives of, let's say, the ultra-Orthodox, then again, we the should be careful about what ultra, we give for free. Ultra-Orthodox, for example, is, again, uh, partly uh, the blame of the policy of the state. For example... Uh, Both my grandfathers, as you know, were ultra-Orthodox. Both of them walked, you know. They learned Torah many, many hours each day, but they walked. Both of them walked. Uh, 
100 years ago, most of the ultra-Orthodox, not only around the world, but here in this, in this country, in Palestine, in, in, in the early days of Israel, they walked. What changed the situation was the policy of Israeli government. For example, uh, dealing with the um, uh, military conscription. Because if you uh, do not want to enter the army, uh, you have to be part of the systems of the yeshivot. Mm-hmm. And when, when the minute you get out of this system, you have to go to the army. And therefore, the state, in a way, makes many, many ultra-Orthodox stay outside the field of war. I'm so disappointed. I, think that we, I, thought, I thought we were going to... Convince Dovkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think that we could talk. I mean, we're already like 10 minutes over, and I think we could talk for another three yeah. hours. It really is fascinating to talk to you. But just maybe to conclude uh, in a sentence or two, what's next for uh, Dovkin? Well, I'm very much engaged in um, something that we didn't uh, speak a lot in this conversa- conversation, and that is the... Uh, environmental crisis, uh, climate crisis. I, I, currently, I'm in Tel Aviv University. I lead a project that deals with the climate crisis and the change Israel should have in order to deal better with climate uh, crisis. Climate crisis is uh, huge, but it is not far away. This is a present uh, and very, very sharp danger to all of us. And that is a challenge uh, we have in Israel as elsewhere in so, the world. So we definitely, we've actually been looking for a long time for someone to come on and talk with us about that. So we'll have to have you on again to talk Great. specifically about Let's the climate. Do it. Let's do it. I think it'll be another heated debate, but, uh, but it'll Great. be good. It'll be interesting. Before we go, you're on social media. People uh, can find yes. you. Yeah. Where? How? Facebook. Facebook. Twitter. Twitter also. Less. Yes. Less Twitter. More Facebook. TikTok. Dovchenin. Uh, it's in English it's D-O-V-K-H-E-N-I-N uh, TikTok no okay. <laughs> not, not yet TikTok no <laughs> that should be their slogan TikTok no <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, before we go thank you so much for coming first of all thank you and the movie is me. called Comrade Dove and we'll put the email of the director Comrade Dove yeah if you want to watch the movie highly highly recommended before we go we are sponsored by The Forward check them yes. out at forward.com uh, for everything uh, Jewish Jewish content in America uh, check out their Facebook check out their Instagram and go to forward.com slash 2NJB to get an exclusive offer you get 6 months for 10 bucks that's 67% off Go check it out, forward.com slash 2NJB. Also, Arutz Sheva, IsraelNationalNews.com. We're also there. Check them out for uh, interesting content in English yes. about Israel and... And Australian Jewish News, AJN.TimesOfIsrael.com. Check them out for the Australian angle on Jewish news. You can't say we're an echo chamber. We got the forward. Yeah. We got Israel National News. We're on all sides of the political... Uh, yep. Sphere. Okay, and so the uh, weeks of donations. Yes. So twingb.com slash slash donate. Donate. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much again. Thank, Thank you. you. And Shanatova. Shanatova. Good luck. Bye. Bye guys. Bye.